Welcome to another Sustainable Wine podcast with me, Toby Webb. And in this podcast, we're talking further about social issues in wine, particularly about community empowerment in a wine business. The session, which was held at our November 26th and 27th Future of Wine Forum, is moderated by Anna Chilton, an ESG and agriculture expert, and features Elena Carretero-Gomez, who is Corporate Affairs and Sustainability Director for Vina Santa Rita in Chile. And we thank our sponsors for the conference, British Standards, Institution, Chateau Leube, Concha Itoro, DM and Control Union. If you'd like more information and more podcasts from us, just search for Sustainable Wine on your podcast app. It's very nice to have you with us. I'm, uh, as I was telling you when we were preparing for this session, a huge fan of uh, the work that Santa Rita has done. I've been hearing many things, especially... I'm always very pleased to hear about companies that have been doing this sustainability work for a while because I'm extremely grateful that companies like yours um, have been pushing forward before it was easy and making a way for the rest of us. When I was studying as a Master of Wine student, I remember reading your information online and learning from it when nothing else was available. So um uh, really keen to find out more about what Santa Rita have been doing uh, since since that time. So I thought we could start with you telling us first how this whole journey began, how long you've been working on this, and and your progress until today. Okay, thank you, and thank you for the opportunity to to be here. You know, it's, it's very important for us. We are far from you, but. Today we are all together with this online system, so we are very happy to be with you and all the people that has been joined to the to the session. So I don't know, Anna, do you want that it to, uh, manage like a conversation? I suppose no. So Absolutely. you want, uh, yeah, perfect. just however you like. Just feel at ease and tell us all about. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So. Well, I think uh, I would like to start for the title of the presentation, the future of wine forum and how to improve community empowerment in the wine business. But before that, I always ask one question. Why is it important to improve community empowerment in the wine business? Why? Because, I mean, if we want to, to know how, we, we need to know why it's important for us. And uh, well, that's the, where I always go to the sustainability. Well, the main meaning on sustainability for everybody, we know the Brundtland Convention, but the main meaning that came to your head when you think it's sustainability is to be, to be uh, durable in time, you know? So, and, and a long time ago in 1987, the Brundtland Convention established this convergence between being environmentally friendly, socially equitable, and economically viable. So this was a long time ago because it was the, the only way to make a development right now and let the future generation to continue developing. Okay, so that's where the idea of sustainability. But I think if we go to the wine sector, we need to consider something. Uh, I think it's one of the industry that has been more durable in time. <laughs> we have been in the history of the humanity from 5,000, 6,000 years before Christ. <laughs> so if we think of that, uh, I think we, we realize that we have been, uh, you know, uh, crossing about even pandemias before and even different things uh, and 
social changes and everything, but we have been continued there. So I think it's important for the wine industry to see to the essence of the wine industry and the history and the culture. That's when I'm going to be very, uh, in, uh, I'm going to be always focusing on that. And in, in, well, the community empowerment and all of this is in the social chapter of, chapter of sustainability. And I think we should uh, be realistic on the scenario that we are living these days and it's globally. We are talking about the social crisis everywhere. I mean, we're seeing in the United States, in Europe, in, um, in Chile. Well, I think in Chile, the case is particularly applicable, you know? So again, the social issue has been in the, you know, I think in the center of the debate right now. So, so I think the relation is, it's very important. And, and also for me, that is a very important related to this social thing. And it's explaining why it's so important the community is because after the social crisis we realize that what we don't know we don't value and sometimes when we don't value something we don't take uh, for you know and if we don't take for something it's gonna disappear so I, I'm just trying to explain that the, the history and the culture in the wine industry is one of the pillars in the social chapter. It's one of the pillars. And if we want to work with that, we need to work with the history and with the culture of the wine industry. And it has to be applied to their companies and the community. That is my, my link in the whole a message and the presentation that I, I would like to, to, to explain you. And when, you know, uh, saying that, we have been looking at the world in terms of sustainability and social aspect that there is no any way uh, or a standard, international standard for, for, for telling everyone, what are you doing in sustainability or where are you doing in social things? We know we have a lot of uh, certification, Fair for Life, uh, Fair Trade, uh, BSCI, so in the social chapter, we, we are dealing with all of this. And also, of course, we are dealing with other kind of certification in the side of the environmental related to organic or biodynamic or whatever. So there is a, a hard uh, world for telling everybody what are you doing in sustainability and what are you doing particularly in the social uh, uh, issues. So I would like to say that because I think there is a difference between how has been dealing with that in the new world wine countries and how has been dealing in the uh, old uh, wine uh, world, you know? And I think again, is not only related to, to the different uh, wine, wine trade that we have been doing, but it's also related to the importance that the uh, all wine countries has been, in, uh, has been doing in, in culture and education and in programs that are public and private for a long time. I'm not saying right now. It has been for a long time. And it's not the same case in the new worldwide countries. 
Okay, so in particularly in the case of the new world wine countries, I mean, I'm talking about, um, uh, well, I see now that you are uh, looking at the, yes. at the slide. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so that's very good. <laughs> that's very good. Uh, but this, in, this point actually on, on the, uh, the developing country aspect, I, I think this is very interesting because in our previous session, we were mentioning that we are very fortuitous in the wine industry as a whole, that the majority of the vineyards are located in affluent areas around the world, where social policies are basically the, the norm. So child labor, for instance, in France, you know, that's enforced around, uh, around the majority, the, the, the entire country. And it's so embedded in the culture that it would almost be difficult to have child labor. That's not the case for other agricultural commodities, which are under a lot of strain because that work from the governments is it's that those building blocks are not yet there. So then it becomes up to the company itself to put those building blocks in place. However, for Chile, it's one of those rare areas where actually, like you were saying in where we were speaking before, that the government is in that phase where the economy is the number one. So that's where the government, the government focuses its priorities. Other things such as environmental and social issues may come at a, at a different level of priority, but at the moment, the economic stability of the country is number one. So I think it would be very interesting if you could tell us what that actually means for an organization that is, is pushing for sustainability when you are in that context, which is less developed than, than the, the, the several areas that I've just mentioned, like France or Italy or Spain. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that is what I was relating to the, to the culture, you know, and the education on, 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 the, on the industry. And that's where the Chilean wine industry, when we develop the standard, the sustainability standard, we focus on the social aspect because we knew it, that we should show to the rest of the world where, what we were doing on that. And I just a number, but from the, we have um, 273 che uh, questions, checklists in the standard and 113 are for social uh, aspects. So, you know, if that is, is uh, the, the code, the sustainability code uh, in, in Chile, is the 40% of the checklist that we have is related to social. I'm not saying that we want it to be the best. The, one of the funny things is that we realize this code, the sustainability code, the last one of the new world world. <laughs> so we have the opportunity to study all the, all the standards, uh, the California and the South African, the Australia and the New Zealand. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it is good to be the last. <laughs> so we improve a little bit the standard and put the case to Chile. And that's where we were so focused in the social chapter. But this is, you know, the way that you are working with the standard to prove and to make it, it because if you don't measure something, you cannot manage and you cannot improve. So to the level of the wine industry in Chile, we are all working in this and we know that the social chapter is important and we are doing on that. But the problem that you mentioned, well, in particular, Anna, in the, the, the topic that you say, the child uh, labor and that kind of things, 
Well, I think each country in the newer one is not the same, you know. Uh, for example, the situation in Chile in case of uh, this thing has been, I mean, the, the rate of education in Chile is very high, uh, so it's, it's mandatory. All the children have to be at the school, so it's very hard to find a child and the legal, uh, the legislation is very intensive on that. So. I think that is something that is uh, already working the legislation, but the thing that it has been not working so much and is related to one of the aspects that you mentioned that Chile is very focused in economic things is the, you know, the value and the programs that put value to the culture of the, of the agricultural aspects of the, I mean, something that has been happening a long time ago, for example, in, in Europe, when you have this migration of the people from the small countries to the big cities, it was a long time ago, but there was a big effort in public and private sector to make these cultural programs to, to put again value to that local territories. And that's why in, that, in, in Europe you can find that it, you have a local development in that area, but it has been a work for more than decades, you know? And I think it's one of the, of the things that I'm missing, you know, in Chile. Uh, so, you, I mean, we are the first exporter in wine in the world. And, uh, and sometimes you go to the main valleys that we have a lot of tourists from everywhere. And you cannot feel, you cannot smell, you know, the culture, the wine culture in, in the area. Even that the, there is a lot of people that is working there in the vineyards and in the wineries, even if that people is working there, you cannot feel, you cannot smell that. And it, it's because there is not a, a common a, or, or even a private work in the cultural aspect. So for me, and I, I think it's the same like in the social crisis in Chile, why they don't take care about, you know, I think everybody saw the image of the church burning, you know, and it was, it was you know, very impressive. And I think it was because there has been not a, a big effort during a long time, you know, in educate, in, uh, in, in showing the people the importance of the things that they have, you know? So for me, it's the same, you know, you don't teach your community that they have a lot of value in the activity that they have been developing for years and years and decades and one cent more than one century. Uh, well, the people don't, don't give value to that. And, and if you don't give value, you don't take for, and, at the, at the end, you're going to go to another activity. So how do you foster this um, awareness of the, the, uh, the beauty of the wine culture? Yeah, and that is the, where, where we work a lot. That? In our strategic plan, uh, we have five pillars in, uh, for sustainability, I'm talking. And two of them are related to the community. One is more related to the internal community. Uh, our collaborators, in especially in, in Santa Rita, uh, I don't know why, but a long time ago, the, the unit is not the collaborator, it's the collaborator and the family. So they have a lot of 
different benefits that are extended for the families. So one of that is in education and the other is in health. That are the main two things that are missing a little bit in Chile, you know. But in the external community that I mean, this uh, surround uh, the people that is living in the local area and can be developed in that area. Uh, that's where we say, okay, we need to work and put some value to them. So a long, uh, seven years ago, we start with a program that we call a territorial valorization. I think some people uh, know about that kind of programs in, in, in Spain and in Italy, they, they, they were very, very common a long time ago. And so we work with the school that it was in front, in front of the, of the vineyard and the winery. <laughs> that is a, a public school and it's not very, they don't have so much, um, how do you say, support or finance or whatever. So, we say, well, a, a lot of the kids that are going there are kids uh, from a, a, a children from a people that is working in the winery, you know, or or even is people that is related to the services that are related to the enotourists that is in the area. So we're gonna work with them. Why? Because most of the kids is 12 years old. We decided to work with people uh, of 12 years old because it's the people that is more, you know, in a state that you can be, that the intervention can be productive, you know, that they are very like, a, how do you say, sponja? I mean, like absorb, <laughs> they absorb everything. That so we fun. work with kids, yes, for two months, you know, with the school developing material in the different um, uh, matters that they have in social science, how is the process of the wine, a thing in history well when was the first uh, wine in the history 5000 years before christ in language and poetry well we have a lot of uh, poets in chile like pablo neruda so the wine other to the to the wine i mean so in different uh, classroom things we work with them preparing material and going with our people with winemakers with viticultors to them to the classroom and for two months and then they take the kids to make to make the harvest in the winery so they cut the grapes they crush you know in the barrels they make a, and they took that most and uh, in the bottles and then create um, labels and they check in social uh, uh, science how it was uh, doing the fermentation so it was the whole process and it was, you know, very funny to see how the kids say, told us in that, in that opportunity, in the first one, eh, well, my father, my parent has been working here for it. So I was so excited to, to come here to check all of this because I didn't know. So it was very important. And to say to the kids, eh, hey, kids, you are in a ballet that it has been recognizing everywhere because of the wine, so you have to be proud about that. And you can develop a lot of things related to that. I mean, what is the objective of all of this? The objective is to generate a local development that is a, in, the, in the bibliography of every, every development economy, you know? So, uh, but if the people don't feel proud about the activity, don't see 
how uh, other opportunities that, that can be surrounding uh, this activity, they are going to move from the area. So we work with this uh, with the, with these kids. Uh, I told you it was uh, seven years ago. So now we have been uh, working with how many kids? Let me check the data. Um, uh, it was how many kids? Um, uh, it was eight years already. So it was 80 students per year. And in total, today has been 640 students that has been uh, once a year uh, going to this program. The first part of the year, it was the harvest project that I explained to you. And the second, it was the biodiversity project. The same thing. Two months explaining flora and fauna of the local territory, and then one day to check the flora and fauna in, in, in the vineyards and in the hills and in everything. Is that so what we, sorry, I was just going to ask, is that one of the challenges that you have in, in Chile is actually attracting workers to attracting workers to, to the winery to work for you, to stay with you? Are you is that one of the challenges? Well, I think it's one of the challenges for everybody is you want to be sustainable in time, of course, is to have the, uh, the workers there. And, but you know that the wine is also very related to the, um, uh, to the uh, how do you say, to the tourists that is related to the community. So maybe we cannot absorb all the people that is in that local territory for being workers of us, you know, because they're not, but uh, the activities that can create around all the wine uh, tourists can be the support for the development of that local areas, you know, instead to move that people to, to the cities. Because when we did this project, uh, idea right now two years ago or one year ago we decided to do the social impact study on that so we we have this interview with the kids with the parents with the teachers we had the numbers and and we realized that the people after the intervention was uh, very happy to know about the wine culture and and also we discovered that they really uh, put some value to the local area in which uh, they were living because they love the natural aspects, the the safety things. That is a mix. Is, is we are very close to Santiago, but it's rural area. So uh, so they they put a lot of value to that. So it was very good for them. But we. Uh, did that uh, interview to the kids that were in the program uh, that year, the year before, and two years before, and three years before. And we realized that the kids that uh, were in those programs but five or six years ago, they were losing, you know, the importance of the thing. So the, the good point of doing this uh, study is that uh, now we can make a 2.0 version of this program and we're going to do a second intervention in the kids that are uh, 15, 16 years old, that are, is one or two years 
before leaving the school. And it's going to be more focused to the uh, vocational opportunities and trying to give more because these rural uh, schools, most of that people are not going to the university, but they can go to the technical uh, training. So undergraduate studies technical. So there is a lot of opportunities that they could uh, do uh, and are related to the develop of the local area in terms of the activity of the wine, because there is a, it's really, we have a lot of tourists. We have uh, 100,000 and six, uh, yeah, yeah, 1,000, more than 1,000 tourists by year, you know, 100,000. So it's a lot of tourists that we have, and it's a lot of people that is going there, uh, uh, you know, making a whole uh, a journey in the area. So, that's where we would like to try, you know, and well, we talk with wines of Chile uh, in the sense of that maybe we could try to do to replicate this program in, in with other wineries and vineyards and with other schools, because it's easy. It's not so sometimes small projects uh, can be an effort. I mean, I'm, I, I'm, you know, can do something. I'm not saying that it's going to be the, the big chain of anything, but I feel I, I'm from Spain and I've been living here for almost 20 years, but I really think that in Chile, we need to do an effort to put value to the cultural aspects because the, the economic um, uh, growth has been so fast and, you know, has been so that the, the centralization of the big cities is, is, is a, a very hard topic. And, and the sectors that we are working in, in areas uh, far from the cities or, or apart from the cities, maybe close, but not in we the cities. We only have a huge amount of time. And there are a few things that I, I wanted to ask you specifically. Uh, very interesting to hear about your program on sustainability. And you mentioned in, in, in our discussions that there were five pillars of the social plan. Could you tell us more about these five pillars? And I'd be very curious to know, because I, I think there'll be a lot of people here watching who, who also want to implement their own social and sustainability plans. How did you implement them? And what would you say were your biggest wins that you were not expecting? And perhaps tell us some of the biggest challenges that you've come across while developing this social plan? Yeah, well, in first I'm going with the, um, with the plan, the strategic plan, <laughs> yes. one. yeah, that you asked me. Well, um, I, I told you that we have one, uh, this strategic plan that we create with all the company we did like eight, nine years ago when we started with this uh, direction of sustainability. And uh, one of the uh, three of them are, one is related to environmental. So it's an operation that preserves the environment. This is our strategic pillar. And the objective is, is to do it with energy efficiency and reduction of the greenhouse gas emissions and preserve biodiversity mainly. So then we have the key strategies that are, where are gonna, mm, what kind of projects we're gonna choose for for attack this pillar, you know? So then you have, for example, optimization of non-renewable energy and the use of renewable energy. 
So this is our uh, like our um, route map. So we in the committee of sustainability that we have in the vineyard and in the winery, sorry, uh, we have all the areas represented. So we have this uh, map, and we choose the pro that kind of projects that are uh, going to uh, to to uh, give some uh, apport, uh, to to this. So th that are related to this. So this is where we work you know, in the sustainability committee. The second pillar is the collaborative and efficient supply chain. So that is related that we want to work in an efficient way with the supply chain, okay? So all the projects that are related to that are gonna be the one that we're gonna choose for doing because we cannot do everything. And the third one is related to the innovation, you know, to the excellence of the products and the innovation. That is gonna be very important for us to do this with innovative and also with the economic aspect. So if we gonna do something in energy efficiency, well, we also have to be uh, considering the economic variable. We, we are not gonna do a project that is gonna broke the company, okay? So that is, that is the thing. And the last two pillars is the one that I mentioned to you, that one is share the value with the community, that this kind of projects of uh, territorial valorization are choosing because of that. And the last one is uh, related to the internal community, our collaborators, and, uh, and it's related to the environment uh, and the boost of talents of collaborators and their families. Okay, so we are looking for both. So this is like related to the to the strategic plan that is like the map route that I told you. And the way that we work is 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 easy is well we we have that definition of uh, sustainability. We we have the measure uh, because we have the standard and each year and we are reporting in Greece. So each year we are checking. Uh, where is our improvement? And then we have this plan that I told you, and then we uh, manage the projects for having this improvement uh, and, and trying to, to make a check every year in a small improvement every year. And of course, at the end, you, you want to try to communicate something that, that is the worst part of the thing, because it's very, it's very hard to, community, to communicate uh, things in sustainability because there is a lot of, uh, well, misunderstanding message and a lot of things. So what would you say were your, your biggest uh, stumbling blocks, the biggest challenges that you came across in implementing these pillars and that you might still be going through? And also would love to hear about the big wins that you had from putting this structure in place that maybe you were not expecting because as we all know, it's one, one thing to start an idea of a sustainability plan, but once you start actually doing it, many surprises come. And it's those stories of the, the, the great surprises that you were not even expecting that I think are very interesting always. So if you, if you can think of something that you would be willing to share with us. And just for the challenging side, it's more for people to understand, listen, be careful, because when you start doing this, it can be challenging. Like for instance, in my last session, we were talking about social and Toby asked me, what would you tell people? 
And I said, look, for social, just be aware that it's a very sensitive topic. You're touching on sensitive areas, culture, religion, gender, very sensitive. So just be careful. That's, that was what I would say. So what would you tell our listeners today to be careful about when they start their sustainability journey? Yeah. Well, the first, you know, thing that it's, it's hard, you know, and even in the companies it's hard and related to sustainability is that, you know, I told you it is so abroad. You have all the environmental aspect, but also the social aspect. It's so abroad and you can not do everything. You have to choose where are you gonna put your money for improvement projects. So I think the most hard thing is, is to choose align in sustainability and be consistent with your essence that is the and at the same time because this is a an industry that is very related to the marketing you always has the the danger of a, of doing a, a bad communication in sustainability so the people that are doing sustainability in the wineries has to be very how do you say very straight with the truth and very technical because the sustainability can not be marketing i mean you have to be realistic you have to choose where are you putting the money and it's not gonna be a big big uh, chain uh, never because it's day by day and has to be like that you know so that is one of, of the things uh, that is uh, it's very very important and the, the the other part that you mentioned that the where is the is a sensitive aspect the the social and well you know even the other day the people asked me well but you are working with the school and communities and you know in most of the countries because alcohol industry and why and I say no 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 oh, sorry one moment this is culture. If we are working in the wine industry and we ourselves, we don't recognize the value of being in the history of the humanity for more than, I don't know, 7,000 years, where are we working here, you know? So I'm not uh, doing any marketing. I'm saying that for the, I mean, and this is development, economic development of the cities and the and the urban uh, places and uh, rural places. We need to be sustainable on that. And for that, we need to put the value to the things that they have. So I'm not embarrassed to say that I'm working with the culture and the education on the wine industry, you know, because I think it's one of the, I don't know why we don't see that in our essence, we have the history on our side. And even, you know, look at the pandemia what has been uh, uh, seen these days that we have been at home with sometimes with less people, only you feel, so the, the thing that they take, the pandemic take out is the social aspect, but you stay at home. You start sometimes to cook again in your home and you start to drink a, a wine with the, with the, things that you cook, you know. So, I mean, if we are talking about moderation, of course, in everything, we're going to be sustainable because it's something that is part of ourselves. So that is uh, my point. Very interesting. And actually culture, wine culture, 
is not really something that we've touched on yet today that much. I think I haven't heard anyone really talking about it that much. But you're absolutely right because I was at a roundtable the other day with uh, sustainability people and they were mentioning that actually in the future it might be more sustainable to make wine in a lab. You know, it's like a lab-created wine because then you could use the fields for growing forests for carbon sequestration and that kind of thing. And, and then I was saying, well, that's absolutely fine, but what about wine culture? And then they said, well, then you'd have a few vineyards which would produce wine that would be very expensive. It would, it would capture the full true cost of making wine because at the moment the wine industry is making wine at a loss and many wineries are losing money and the environmental costs are not factored in. So if we were to factor in all of those environmental costs and get proper margins, then all wine would be very expensive. And then I was saying, well, that, then you're saying that only very rich people would be able to have wine. And the rest of the world would have a chemically induced product. So then you're, you're stripping a huge part of culture, of people's culture, away from them. Because there are many parts of the world where people had access to affordable wine for a long time, and that was part of their culture. Is it fair to make it so elitist? So I think this drive to maintain wine culture and bring it to, to people is actually a very important, it's a very important point that you brought up today. Thank you so much for sharing it. But it's also a very important work that you're doing and I'm very happy to hear that. I was going to ask you one thing just before we, we go to the audience and please audience do ask your questions. You've been very quiet uh, and uh, I, haven't, I haven't really got that many questions but I've got a few questions for you, Lena. I'm sure some will come in as, as, we, as we give this question opportunity for the audience. I was going to ask you, so you're, you're part of a, a rel relatively large organization, right? It's part of, it, yes. So I'm sure that you also like, where I used to work, I, I was in touch with investors who would be interested to know more and more uh, about our sustainability progress. Do you have this interest from external parties? It could be your investors, it could be your clients, it could be your suppliers. Are you seeing this increased interest and if there is this increased interest, how is that affecting your business? And what are people interested in? What are they asking you? Yeah, well, I think, yes, uh, indeed, uh, the last, I, I would say that the last five years we have been seeing uh, more interest and they they asked for the GRI and they and it's pub, it's published in our web. So the people sometimes they send some message to the investor relator that we have that is in finance and are, uh, is, uh, the questions are related to the GRI and some of them. That's so, the Global Reporting Initiative. For those of you who, who may not be yes. familiar with the term, the Global yeah. Reporting Initiative is a framework, uh, a very extensive framework. In fact, I think one of the most extensive, if I'm not wrong, um, that encompasses every, pretty much every aspect of sustainability that you could imagine. It is very, yeah. very vast, and I don't believe many wineries report on the GRI. I think it's quite rare. I haven't seen yeah. one. Because yeah. the report, the GRI report, is not like a, a, like a standard that you are using for selling to a client or whatever. The report is the same framework to tell everybody is in for the same framework for all the industries 
to tell what are you doing in sustainability. So it's the same framework with the same uh, questions and you are telling everybody. So it's easier for the investor uh, and, you know, and the stakeholders to read the, this kind of, of reports. That's where uh, we are doing. So yes, there is more, more interest and you know that three years ago that I started to have all this social crisis first in Europe, then in United States, then in Chile, you know, the interest has been bigger and bigger, you know. And are you seeing your clients asking you more questions? And also, are they? Yeah. Oh, yes, they are. Yeah, and yeah are they, absolutely. Do you think you have some commercial advantage over other wineries by doing this work? Well, I think uh, in Chile, the sustainability aspect, we have been working very like an industry, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the benefit has been for the whole industry, you know, because now, for example, in this uh, code of sustainability code that we have, the 87% uh, percent of the export, of wine export, bottle wine exports are 35. So... Uh, it's a work that we have been doing in, in, in like a uh, industry and some of the wineries are more focused in, uh, I don't know, in, for example, in energy efficiency because they had a project very nice on that. And me, in our case, uh, my focus it has been in the social chapter, chapter and the education and culture. That's where I choose and that's where I am going to maintain because I really believe that is one of the keys for the future development and the sustainability of the wine industry. Interesting. We have a question from uh, our audience, Richard Bramfield, who I, um, I'm sure you know. <laughs> Everyone knows Richard. Hi, Richard. So he's asking us, um, if she hasn't already talked about it, which sustainability initiatives do you admire in the wine world? Apart from yours, of course. Uh, well, I admire, you know, in the in the environmental chapter, I I admire well the, the work of Petzer, you know, uh, all the people that has been working a lot with with energy. Uh, I think it's one of the big topics that we also have to confront in environmental aspects. I wouldn't say one winery because it could be, but the, the work that has been doing in Australia with the water, you know. Uh, it's very important, and New Zealand uh, uh, with organic, you know, and all that kind of, they have been working in that way for a long time ago, so it's it's very nice. And, well, I'm a fan of all the projects uh, that are related to to the to the development of the local areas uh, that uh, Spain and Italy that have been developing, so more or less. Another comment that's coming up in the in the chat is, uh, has anyone heard of a customer or customers refusing to buy wine because the winery was not sustainable? And someone else has responded, yes, I've heard of someone not wanting to buy wine that was organic. So have you come across anybody not wanting to buy wine because of something that they, because of either you, your wines were from Chile, they thought that was too risky on the social side potentially, or and or not buying the wines because they were not organic. I actually am not familiar whether you are organic or not, but maybe that's something we need to, to touch on actually. 
Yeah, but you know that in the wine industry, you have the sometimes the intermediary. I mean, our clients are is not uh, the final consumer. So, uh, of course, for example, this morning I had a meeting with the system Bolaget. That is our client. So we sell to the system Bolaget. So yes, of course, the system Bolaget has the tender. And sometimes if you are not certifying some of the aspects, you cannot apply it to that tender. So it's, it's the same that you are not, you cannot sell, you know, but uh, and I think we, we also have been trying to explain to the people for me, it's, because there is a lot of people that say organic, uh, okay, but when we're talking about sustainability, it's more than to be organic. Organic is one aspect of the environmental, is to produce without pesticide, synthesis pesticide. It's not saying anything about the use of water, it's not saying anything about the use of energy, it's not saying anything about the social aspects. So I think it, we want to, to have a common language in sustainability, uh, we have to deal with everything. We have to recognize that it's very broad and we have to be good in the environmental with no pesticide in the social aspect, in the, so, but it's not can be only one thing, you know? In the, in the beginning of the day, uh, actually it was Richard's session um, that this came up, this, this big point that actually Richard actually highlighted that Yes, sustainability is a very complex issue and, and, and an opportunity, of course, as well. But how do we synthesize that information and make it understandable for the consumer? How do we make this big topic digestible for the consumer? And I think this is a really big question. At the, on the one hand, you can't oversimplify to the extent where then it loses all meaning. But on the other hand, you do want it to be accurate, but you want it to be understandable and you don't want it to be complex because like one of the speakers was saying, you know, you, your back label can't be a pamphlet. It, <laughs> there's only so much space on the back label. So as a producer, you're doing all of this fast work and you're reporting on the GRI standard, which is phenomenal. A lot of information there, clearly a lot of great work going on. How do you translate all of that work to the consumer? Well, that is the hardest thing that I told you because I, I, you have to communicate, but at the same time, you have to be very carefully and very technical because we are we don't want to do marketing with that, you know. So it's 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 hard, you know. I think the way to do it is not to do it to a, a I mean to a case by case by myself. I think we should work in in an industry basis. I think it's more, you know more credible if we have we work all together is this discussion about the standards uh, how to have a common standard for sustainability i think it's not going to happen like that but maybe we could take the history of the wine trade and for example the enological practices in the wine legislation in every country are completely different and we have been dealing with disagreements or recognition of, of enological practices. And everybody is doing different, but everybody has the knowledge of the things that the other is doing. So, you know, so I think we should work in that. Uh, it's not a, the globalization in sustainability shouldn't be a common thing for everybody. Because for example, 
I think Australia should be proving that there is better with the use of water than, for example, France, you know? So it has to be different, but it has to be a common language. And the first thing is separate the things about sustainability and only environment or only green. Sustainability has to be everything. This is one of the points that has been coming up again and again today. Uh, this idea of a global standard, uh, a global certification or a standard at least, for sustainability so there could be some common understanding across different jurisdictions what we mean by sustainability, what best practice looks like, and maybe some kind of even grading system for different areas. And we were saying earlier, I'd just be curious to find out what you think of this, but it would be very complicated to do it for environmental issues, for some environmental issues at least. Like you say, in Australia, there will be certain challenges that there may not be in another area for environment. But for social, there's a real opportunity here because it's basically the same, the same things, isn't it? It would be much, much, um, much more reasonable to start with the social standard across the globe. And we know what those standards are. Those are written out. Out of the 17 SDGs, 10 are social. You can start there and work, uh, and work from there and expand from there. Would, what do you think? Do you think, would you welcome something like that, a global standard? And what, what do you think would be a good way to start? Well, I think, uh, as you say, for social, uh, I, I think the whole world, I, I, I wrote a column uh, when the social crisis in Chile a long time ago, and I say, this is the, the scale of the problem. The scale of the problem is like, all the, we have only a planet, so <laughs> we don't have another planet. It's only one for everybody. So if, if there is no, with this globalization, you have no frontiers, so, or all the planet started to develop in a better way, or it's not gonna it's not gonna be possible to have a neighbor that is okay and the neighbor uh, to get uh, together closer is is bad. That is not an option. So all the planet has to be developed in a better way. So the social uh, is that where why we are seeing the social crisis everywhere, you know. <laughs> so we have to go step by step. But I think in the wine industry in particular, we have, it's an opportunity, it's a challenge, but it's also an opportunity because really, I think the multi multifunctionality of the agriculture, that is something that has been discussing 35 years ago, but now it's very, very, with the pandemic, it's again in the, in the agenda, you know? And the wine industry has, has this role because can be develop an area and maintain the 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 agriculture on the or, or the rural aspects. So I think we have to take that opportunity and put it in the social aspect uh, because there is no another industry that create also so much activity related to that. The enotourists, you know, is a big industry in everywhere. I mean, tell, see the case of France, <laughs> they are the experts, you know, <laughs> but it's anywhere. So I think we have a challenge on that. And I think it's, it, it could be a work together in this uh, social aspect of work together. I, I'm not seeing like a common standard because even each country has a different social aspect 
that has to deal with. But I think the word should be to the essence of the wine uh, industry development, the wine culture, and, and take like a, a differentiator with other industry. And so we've got we've got just five minutes left. Uh, so uh, what what would you like to leave us with? You could either, I mean, the, a few options. Could either tell us about the next thing that you're working on on social, that that is you're really excited about, but maybe you're not allowed to talk about it yet. So I, I'll give you a second option. Uh, what, what would you, if you were to summarize, social a, a social agenda for anyone starting on the social plan part of sustainability today? What would you say would be a good place to start? Um, what what final words do would you give to our audience on this topic? Uh, Anna, can you repeat because I just uh, heard very good the last part of your sorry. Oh, sorry, it's probably the connection. like a, a noise, and I couldn't hear a little bit the last part. Any final words? Any final final points that you would like to leave with our audience? Well, no, just uh, that, that my position is to, to make everybody in, the, in this industry, in the wine industry, recognize the value of the history and the culture that we have that should be see like a, a, a strength, a fortaleza strength uh, that we have as an industry. And we should be able to develop that uh, for improving social uh, development in, in the places that we are uh, doing our work, you know? So for me, it is that we, we can do it. We really can do it and we should work all together in that. Great, fantastic. Thank you so much. And I think, uh, do I have another? No. Uh, there are no more, unless there are any more questions from the wonderful audience. Thank you so much for being with us. And thank you so much, Elena. It was absolutely fascinating to hear you talk about Santa Rita. I'm delighted uh, to hear about the cultural aspects and very interesting to hear the education that you're doing with children. I've never heard of anything like this. Very unique. Thank you so much for all your insights and your hard work. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, You know, Anna, that here in Chile, they use a sentence in Spanish that we should uh, believe our, our story, creernos uh, el cuento as an industry. We, we have to start by ourselves um, and really believe that the activity that we are doing, it has been here for a long time, is the most sustainable, one of the most sustainable one, and we need to take that strength from that and continue. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, you and everybody. And I hope to see you soon present in presence, not online. Great, thank you. Bye.